Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. If you want interesting and entertaining debate on the Premier League and other English leagues, but from a show that doesn't take itself too seriously, then check out The Whistleblowers. It's a weekly football podcast hosted by me. I used to play football, Martin Gritton. Uh, stand-up Mark Smith when he can, and music manager Gareth Dobson, who uh, always has plenty of good chat, being a Spurs fan. Um, we basically get football writers in to have a chat as well and we talk about the stories that matter in English football whether it's on the pitch or off it it's free to listen to iTunes, Acast Spotify and wherever else you get your podcasts uh, or you can download the Whistleblowers app and follow us on Twitter at Football Podcast Cheers Welcome to the Man City Show it's Nigel Rothman back in the chair uh, we've just come out of a one-all draw against the champions of Liverpool and uh, to discuss that and much more I've got three guests. Uh, a very, very warm welcome to Lisa Rabinowitz. Hi, Lisa. Hi, Nigel. Uh, welcome also to our good friend John Stapleton. Hi, John. Hi, Nigel. Good to see you. And finally, Stato Paul. Paul Denby's back on the show. Hi, Paul. Hi, everybody. Good to be here. Listen, Paul, you kick us off on this one. Uh, for, for straight off on the Liverpool result. Do you see that as two points lost or one point gained? I'm usually my, my pint is usually half pint is usually half full. I, Liverpool came at us as we would have expected those first 20 minutes. We were a little bit under pressure. And I said while I was watching it, I'll take a draw now. But as the match progressed, we clearly took more control of the game. We only had one other really good chance, which Jesus put wide with the, the header, which was a very difficult one, other than the goal that he took brilliantly. I think we kept in touch, which is more important. Then I said, I said to the watching with my sons, I said, would we take one all now or two one, but not knowing which way round it would go? And that was my question at half time. And all of us really weren't sure which way to go at that point. I think we kept in touch, and that's more important. We've got a game in hand on Liverpool. I'm just comparing myself to Liverpool at the moment. I still think they'll be up there at the end of the season. And we're only we're five points down. Yeah, our game is against Villa, who are looking pretty damn good at the moment. But I still think when we get our players all back and functioning and really working well, I think we'll we'll motor on from the point we're at. So. 
I'm glad we've got the point. Of course, I would have liked to win, but I'm not counting it as two points lost. How do you see it, Lisa? Say, so, way happy with the point? Um, I, I think I overall agree with what Paul was saying. I, After the first half, I was thinking, OK, I'll take a draw. Cause actually, my dad had asked me this question before the match. Would you take a draw? And I said, absolutely, categorically, no, we need to win. But, and, but as the game went on, I really felt we should have probably won it. However, it's not a disaster at this point. Um, I just, I think if we can, if we can carry on improving, because I actually believe it or not, think we are, um, then, then I, I think this, we, we may look back on this and just be glad we got the point. Not a disaster, John. Not a disaster, but I still think we're two points lost because I think on balance we just about deserve to win. I mean, we survived that opening sort of Alamo-like salvo of, of attack, which was terrifying at the time. I thought we were going to get absolutely walloped. Uh, and yet another demonstration of the fact that we've got two solid central defenders. We'll talk about some of the other defenders a little bit later on, perhaps. But, yeah, and we, we dug in there, and I think that, you know, we, we did prove that Liverpool uh, are beatable or could be beaten, and they're not the same team without... Uh, Van Dyke, and uh, the other thing I think is worth bearing in mind is that this season seems to be a, a season where th- this title is up, up, up for grabs. Basically, I mean, other teams, are, our so-called rivals, keep uh, doing us a favour by losing themselves. Uh, and at this stage in the game, and I know it's very early days, it's, it's anyone's any, anyone's uh, title. And I think two points would have been obviously been extremely valuable. Yeah, point. Yeah, well worth having. Well worth having. We didn't certainly didn't disgrace ourselves. Far from it. Uh, and but for sort of unforeseen circumstances, namely Kev missing a penalty, uh, we'd have been uh, smiling ear to ear. Yeah, just sticking with you, John, and, and you touched on this this very sort of bold selection uh, of Liverpool, and it was almost a, a four-two-four. Is how it I was. saw it. Yeah. What What were your thoughts when you when you saw that? Well, I could surprised? barely. I could like the commentators. I could bear, I could barely believe it. And then, you know, credit to them, they came out to play play the game, didn't they? I mean, there's no sort of you know ten men in defence from Liverpool. Not the there often is, but yeah, they came they came out to, to make it, make a game of it. And uh, on the face of it, it looked very very worrying indeed. But I think we we contained it, and certainly in the second half, uh, they looked a very subdued outfit. Stato, how did you see it when you saw that line-up and the the way they're lined up against us? I think Klopp, in some ways, he bottled it a little bit. He didn't want to drop Firmino because he said a lot of positives about him, but he couldn't drop Yotta either because he had such a great game in midweek as well. And he's clearly going to play Salah and Mane. So I think he he had to play all four in a way. Um, but it did make it very attacking. And I thought when I saw the lineup, it would open up a bit more for us in midfield because we then have two real midfield players. It didn't pan out that way in the first 20, 25 minutes until we gradually maneuvered our players around a bit and got more of a grip on the game. So I thought probably maybe he went for it. You know, Liverpool are a very, very good team. Let's be honest about it. Um, and uh, I think Man- the both managers got such respect for each other's teams and the players have got respect for each other as well. They know that at the top of their game, they are the two best teams in the country. Lisa, can I just talk about sort of City's lineup um, and, and the fact that uh, Mares was missing completely? You got, you got a view on that at all? Because we, we could easily have had him on, on, on the bench and he wasn't even on the bench either. Yes, I thought it was a little strange to not have him on the bench. Um, I wasn't that surprised he wasn't in the team, but uh, you know, in the start in the starting lineup. But to not be on the bench, I was I did find that a bit strange. I thought he was 
slightly better midweek than he has been for the rest of the season. So far this season, for me, I felt that Mares has been a bit more like he was in the, his first season. And so him not starting didn't shock me that much. But, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not sure why he wasn't a substitute. Uh, John, I don't know if you've got a view, John, on, on Mares, but I'm keen also for you to talk about kind of Rodri and Gundogan and, and whether the pace for that midfield role. Yeah, well, I, I was puzzled about the absence of uh, Myers as well. I mean, maybe there's something here we don't know about. I, I don't know. I, I have absolutely no idea. I mean, maybe he's injured, although there's no suggestion of it. Maybe it's just a matter of rotation, as, as has also been suggested. I was puzzled to put it mildly. He wasn't, he wasn't on the bench. But, yeah, um, my son, who's a far more intelligent observer of the game than I am, was watching the game with me, and he takes the view that both Rodri and uh, Gundayan, while being extremely accomplished players, lack the pace we need there. When when Rodri gets caught out, the ball gets behind him, he hasn't the same pace as Fernandinho to get back and retrieve, and neither of them have the pace to create it uh, from the midfield in, in, in the same in the same way. And and I think he's, he's, he's right, and I, funnily enough, uh, having listened to him last night talking about this, I picked up the Guardian this morning, and the writer in the Guardian takes exactly the same view. Um, so, um, you know, hopefully Fernandino will be back soon. I, I, and I don't wish to decry either Gundayan or, or, or Rodri because they are, as I say, very good players and, and well worth having. But I do think they like that bit of pace. I think Nick, my son Nick is right. They do like, like that bit of pace, which would, would will otherwise give us the edge. And, and it does seem to be different, doesn't it, this year? We do seem to be a little bit more laboured, don't we, Stato, in, in midfield? And is, is, that, is it because of Rodri and Gundogan's pace? Is that, is that what you put it down to as well? I don't put it down to them particularly. I think we've been very sluggish all season, whether we've had one, both, or whoever's in the team. We just don't seem to have been doing our usual flowing football. and That's shown by the number of goals we've scored, or lack of number of goals we've scored. Mm. I think defensively we look more solid. Clearly, again, we've not conceded as many goals as uh, we managed on historically, apart from the five against Leicester. Uh, kind of that as a blip for the moment. Um, I think uh, even when you put Morris in the team, let's be honest about it, he's not the paciest of individuals. He's not like a Sane used to be, or a Sterling when he gets flying down the wings. He does hold it up. What I was surprised at when I saw the team was that they did play Gundogan and Rodri. I would have liked to have seen Bernardo Silver in that team because he just runs all over the place. If you recall the game a couple of years back against Liverpool where he was like, he ran about 50 kilometres in the space of the 90 minutes because he just kept going. And I think that's the sort of player that I was disappointed wasn't playing on uh, against Liverpool yesterday. But would you not agree, Stato, he's not the player he was two seasons ago. I mean, Pep used to say he was the first name on the team sheet a couple of seasons ago. And much as I love him and bright, charming, intelligent young man that he is, as well as being an ex- you know, extremely, extremely uh, superb footballer, I don't think he's quite reached the, the, level, the levels he did 18, 18 months ago, back end of last season and uh, all this season for that matter. I agree. I agree. He hasn't. But um, Mares hasn't done very much this season at all to merit a place in the team. Yeah, I'd say, as Lisa said a few months ago, he's back to what he was in that first season. Relatively disappointing and needs, uh, maybe needs a rest because uh, he's had a run of games. Um, so, yeah, we, we need some rotation in there. And that's why I would have liked Bernardo. And I'll give him a few games now to see what he can do. 
Lisa, we'll come on to some of the actual incidents in the game in a moment. But just generally speaking, your your thoughts on our midfield slightly laboured. Uh, Foden's name hasn't been mentioned yet, of course, and he adds a bit of vitality and youth and energy into that midfield. And we obviously missed him. And and Stato's mentioned Bernardo. Your, your thoughts and reflections on our midfield at the weekend? I I tend to agree with Paul, but I don't think it's necessarily down to. Gunzwan and, and Rodri, because when we haven't had both of them, we've also been, I felt we've overall been a bit slow and laboured. Um, so, and, and I obviously I also agree with what John was saying about Bernardo. So it's very difficult to know what the, the answer is here, but it could just be as simple as they are all exhausted. Um, this is not like me to try and find a positive in them. Um, because... I'm struggling to to really understand what what has happened, why we just seem to completely lack the energy overall everywhere. So it's not just the midfield. I just think it's a it's a combined thing. The whole team, just everything is much slower. And yeah. as soon as that happens, as soon as that happens, the the opposition get their ten man wall in place, and that's it. And yeah. We, we we dominate the game, but it's all too slow. And I'm not sure. At the, it doesn't feel like anyone we put in the team is making that much of a difference at the moment, with occasionally the exception of Foden. But I'm not sure he's doing it consistently over 90 minutes. So I'm not surprised that he's not necessarily always going to be playing. It's, it's a very difficult situation that Pep finds himself in, and not just Pep, but other managers of other teams as well, because the players are exhausted. Someone was trying to come in. I'm not sure if it was. I was just going to say, me actually. No, I was just going to say, I was puzzled that he didn't bring Foden on after, say, 65 Mm -hmm. minutes. With five minutes to go, I saw Foden get it, you know, get ready to prepare himself to come on, but he never actually came on at all. And I I, I was surprised personally that he didn't put him in to inject a bit of pace, a bit of vitality into the midfield, say, as I say, after an hour or maybe maybe 70, 65, 70 minutes. Yeah, I, I mean, think I, I, what's interesting about that is they, they want five substitutes, but he, he's barely making one at the moment. So yeah. that doesn't really make that much sense. You know, he's not using the three, so... Uh, and yeah. let's, try and talk, let's try and talk about a positive here, Stato, because this central defensive pairing is looking pretty good to me. I don't want to get too excited too early, but we've lacked leadership, obviously, as we've said many times on the show, since company's gone. We've tried different pairings, but these two look pretty good to me. And, uh, okay, yeah, we, 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 we gave away a penalty, but in open play, no goal, and in midweek, we shall come on to another clean sheet um, and the previous league game clean sheet with this same pairing. So it's looking encouraging, isn't it? Yes, they certainly do look a good pairing in central defence there. And Liverpool did have a couple of good chances. Edison made a cracking save as well where uh, where they broke through uh, across the back again. But it didn't have too much to do, and that's credit to the defence. They do look more solid than we've seen for a while, since Vincent Company's days. Uh, And uh, yeah, it's something to build on. I'm I'm not saying it's the finished arc by a long, long way, but I don't think anybody is. But yeah, I'm pleased so far at that central defence partnership. John, what's your view of the two of them? I think they're very good, very accomplished, and uh, if we can keep them both fit, um, we should be in, in in very good shape. You just you just you don't panic when when you know when 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 they're on the ball or whether or, or when they're going into a tackle. I, th- I think yeah, I think they're both very very solid indeed. And fingers crossed that we we, we should 
we'll keep keep them fit and they'll maintain this presence. I mean, we've we've sealed that defence. I mean, I don't I don't mind too much if we grind out one nil wins or two one wins uh, from time to time because that's that's the norm for a successful teams. That's what we you know we lacked last season, uh, I think. And uh, yeah, I mean, good on. I mean, we, we are we going to get on to Carl Walker by the way, Nigel? We, we, we will do. Yeah, I'm going to come to some of the incidents separately if I may, John. But yeah, uh, I'm keen to hear, I'm keen to hear from, from Lisa about obviously. For those who are in any doubt, we're talking about, of course, Ruben Diaz and Amaric Laporte, of course. That's who we're talking about, those two. Lisa, your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I'm delighted so far. A bit like Laporte when he came, Diaz has not seemed to have much trouble settling in. Um, Yes, it's early, but I feel so much more confident already having the two of them there. And that can, I'm, I'm sure that the rest of the team feel that way as well which will probably help in other areas of the pitch. Um, yes, it's a matter of keeping them fit, but I, I feel I just feel a lot more comfortable. And, and also, we've got Ake there as well. It just it, it, We're in a much, much better position than we were last season. And sticking with you, Lisa, and picking upon what John's just said, we've got Kyle Walker, England international, back in the England side, player of the month, of course, for last month. Uh, had a fantastic start to the season and uh, probably had one of his worst games for City. Gave the ball away a lot, seemed to be troubled, um, I think, throughout the game. Didn't look in control and, of course, uh, gave away the penalty, which we'll come on to separately. So, so just uh, about Kyle Walker and your thoughts. Is it just a case of players do have off, off days and he's still having a great season and you're, you're less concerned or, or did, did it have some worrying signs for you in that performance? Well, to me, it was more back to business as usual with him. But I've been more surprised than the rest of um, his performances this season. Um, pleasantly surprised, obviously, but it's almost—you feel like it's, a, it's one of those situations where it's gone almost like it's gone to his head all the time, and he's gone back to his default settings. Which, to be honest with you, with him, I've, you always sit there wondering when he's going to make that ridiculous mistake, of which there is usually one in each match. Um, I don't know. It's 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 baffling though, but how you can go from being so good for the rest of the season all of a sudden just become awful again. But he now has competition. He does have competition now. I know Cancelo has been playing at left back and actually I think doing a very good job. Um, mm. But we can play other people at left back and put Cancelo at right back. So I don't think Pep should be hesitating to do that if he if he thinks he's gone back to the way he was last season. Does it warrant that, John, one bad game? Does it warrant him being dropped? Which I think is what um, Lisa's suggesting Pet might have to do. Well, maybe, but, you know, let's let's be fair. I mean, he he was player of the month, and for me, player of the season until until yesterday uh, in the City squad. He'd been playing fantastically well. Palomine's a Spurs fan. He said he used to do exactly the same thing at Spurs. He would make mistakes, uh, not all the time, but from, from time to time. Don't agree with the Roy Keane analysis that he's an idiot, uh, by the way. Uh, it's a description that could be applied to several other people, perhaps Roy from time to time. Um, but, you know, no, he's not an idiot, and he's a, he's a, he's a damn good player. Yeah, Cancelo, I think, has, has come on leaps and bounds this season. He's a natural right-back rather than a left-back, and, and Ake has, uh, has, has done well at left-back, and I, I'm still a fan of little Zinchenko, although he's young and got a lot to learn. So uh, Mr. Walker's certainly not indispensable, and another performance like that, and I think he would, would find himself uh, on the bench. How do you see it, Paul? Sort of hero to villain in, in one game? No, no, a little bit differently, I, I see it. 
I looked up some figures on Walker, and I'll come to his performance in a second. He's given away two penalties this season, but in the previous 11 seasons, he's only given away two penalties as well. Um, so, a bit unfortunate. I would say he is very, very good when he's got a pacey winger to deal with. Yesterday, he had Mane to deal with. Mane is a tricky player, very, very quick with his feet, and, and he's a brilliant player, Mane. And I think Walker found just a bit more than his match in that first 20, 30 minutes. And he, he gave away a silly penalty, yeah. But Walker, for one bad match, he's had a brilliant season so far to date. I'm not going to castigate him for one game. If his performance drops against in the next two or three games, yeah, all, all very well, dropping. Remember also, he's played every single game this season. Yeah, he was substituted late on in a couple of games, I think. But he's played every minute so far this season, bar a, a few. So... I'm not going to put him down too badly, uh, and I think stay with him. But on the other point of Cancelo, he's had an excellent game yet. He had an excellent game yet, and he's had two or three very good games as well. So yeah. we're, we're, we're seeing some good performances there, particularly in the defensive area, which is something that we probably need at the moment. If you want an e-bike that doesn't look like it's made for the shopping precinct, something that's less Mr Bean and more Steve McQueen, check out the range of bikes from London-based Cooler King. From dope 250-watt city bikes to Harley Bobber-inspired 750-watt beasts that can tear your face off while leaving your smile intact. Cooler Kings are made in limited numbers, yet highly affordable. Check them out now on the web at cooler.bike or find them on Instagram with hashtag CoolerKingBike. Cooler.bike. E-bikes that are cool AF. Well, listen, let's, let's pick up some of the key incidents in the game. And, and John, can I, can I start with you? And I suppose... I suppose we should start with about just under a minute before their penalty was awarded, where it looked to me as though Raheem Sterling was through and, and he was fouled. And because the lad stayed on his feet and didn't go down, the foul wasn't given. Liverpool go down the other end and, and get a penalty. Your, your thoughts on that? Should it have well, been a foul? Should, did he play advantage? Well, I, I'm, I'm give the ref the benefit of the doubt. I assume the ref was saying he played the advantage in the, in the, with the thought that Ryan Mustelli might get through. But it was when you saw it play back again, it looked unlikely that he did gain any advantage. And actually, had you know Raheem gone down, well, had he fallen, uh, as he could easily have done, it, it would have been undoubtedly would have been a, a free kick. And the fact that he stayed on his feet, you know, and and it ended up as it ended up is only going to encourage other people to fall down at every opportunity. Um, so I think yes, we should have had a free kick. Uh, ergo, the penalty may never have, uh, have happened, but you know it was a penalty in my view. There's no doubt about that. I think I think there were there were both penalties. I think the the Walker uh, incident warranted a penalty for Liverpool, and the uh, Liverpool handball warranted a penalty for us. Um, there was a lot of people banging on about VAR. It was nothing to do with VAR. It was, I mean, if anything, it was to do about the new rule on handball, but. I don't think even that applied. I mean, the guy had his hand out, the ball, he stopped the ball going across in, in, into the penalty area. And for me, in any, in any event, that, that will be a penalty. Uh, Lisa, could you construct an argument against John for either penalty? The Walker one was a bit 
clumsy. Uh, Mane made a bit of a meal of it. And then the second one, could could the defender have really got his arm out of the way? He wasn't really in an unnatural position. How, how did you see both penalties? Uh, to, to be honest, I agree with John. I'm sorry if you want me to, to construct an argument against what he said. Um, no, you don't have to. You don't have to. You're, allowed, you're allowed to agree with John. He's, uh, okay, he's a fine good, man, good. And we love it. I mean Walker Walker should have done shouldn't have done what he did and it was it was going to be a penalty it would have been a penalty in any situation if that hadn't been given against us I would have been fu- um, for us sorry I would have been furious um, the, the handball thing I, I think it I, I do think it was a penalty and I know that they were completely over analysing it during the match about comparing it to one earlier in the day in another match and then decided actually it was different. Um, I think that the problem with this and why like, there's so much conversation about it is because no one knows whether they're coming or going with it anymore. The the change in the law for handball is just is mind-boggling because now you've got a situation where there are some very ridiculous ones being given but now, even when they're really obvious ones, people are like, oh, well, I don't know whether that should be or not. And it's just, it, we honestly, we are talking about these things so much more than we used to, which I didn't think was possible. Um, I, I think that we should, I mean, I, 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 the thing I was getting most concerned about was that they weren't going to give us the penalty because the referee has to go and look at the screen. And then the whole inconsistency argument would come through. But thankfully, they did give it to us, but we didn't score it anyway. So why bother? So, so Paul, the, uh, you always have a view on these things. Uh, you, you're happy with both penalties? Or I guess, as Lisa's rightly said, it, it's the law that's the ask now, isn't it? It's, it's almost becoming like hockey, isn't it? Where, you know, if it touches your feet, it's a, it's a free hit. And it's kind of almost now touches your hand regardless. It's a... It's a free kick in the penalty box, a penalty in the in, in the penalty box. You you got a view on that? I'm sure you have. Well, I can't promise on hockey because I'm not a hockey aficionado by any stretch, but I understand your analogy. Yes, it, uh, the the laws of the game today both were penalties. There's no doubt. I mean, the laws of the game yesterday, five years ago, ten years ago, Walker's trip on uh, on Mane, it was a penalty, no doubt about it. Um, the the laws today. That handball might not have been given a, few, a couple of seasons ago, a few seasons ago, but it is a penalty in today's law. End of story. And what about KDB then? Because we will all remember a couple of years ago, uh, we had to delay our celebrations until we got to Brighton because a certain Riyad Mahrez missed a penalty at, at Liverpool. Is, is this going to come back to haunt us as well? What about KDB missing, missing the target? Eh? That's a bit, of a bit of a turn up for the book. Who saw that one coming, Stato? Well, it's back to our old ways, isn't it? Last, last season's penalties, isn't it? But, but this one, like Mares, and I believe this was the first one to actually miss the target since Mares. I think players have hit the post or the bar, but this was the first one to miss the target in the Premier League since Mares passed it over against Liverpool uh, a couple of seasons ago. So that's a pretty bad statistic. And I also remember watching Jesus put one wide against Atalanta in the Champions League. I'm sorry, from the penalty spot, you should never ever miss the target, not at the level that De Bruyne or any top professional is at. Yes, the keeper can save it by a tremendous save, sometimes or a poor spot kick, but to miss the target from 12 yards is it's unforgivable. I'm sorry, even De Bruyne. I can't forgive him for missing the target. He's not, John, had quite the same stick Mahrez got a couple of years ago, I don't think, has he? Or am I, am I missing the point? 
No, he's not got the same stick, and I wouldn't give him any stick either because I'm a little more chargeable uh, uh, than our dear friend uh, because I, 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 would, I would forgive Kevin De Bruyne almost anything, inclu- including that everyone, everyone makes mistakes and he made a, a mistake there. He's a fantastic player. Uh, you know, arguably one of the best. Well, not not arguably, definitely one of the best players we, we've ever had the privilege to watch in a, in a sky blue shirt. Yeah, I mean, yeah, of course he shouldn't miss, but he did. It was pouring down rain. You know, who knows what was going on in his head? I actually didn't think he played that well in, in other aspects of the game as as, as well. Mm-hmm. Funnily enough, I, I, I thought that it was by far far from his finest hour in, in a number of respects. But he, he's allowed that, in my opinion. I'm a, I'm a little more charitable than our friend. Are you going to be that charitable, Lisa, in your, in your assessment of the penalty? I'm going to be somewhere in between. I find it very difficult. I find it very difficult to be too critical about the runner. I think he's 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 earned his his um, position in our in our hearts. But um, he really, I mean, what what is wrong with us and penalties? I mean, you don't see other teams. Well, maybe it's just because I just very much concentrate on City but I feel like we are particularly bad and we've been through a lot of players in the team who all seem to manage to miss one every now and again it it doesn't you don't you're no longer filled with confidence thinking yes we've got a penalty we're going to score I know you went as Vardy missed one yesterday as well but his was probably saved rather than going over the going to the side or going over the bar in fact it must have been because we are the ones who hold that record um, I just we we hold some really wonderful records, don't we? Um, I I just I feel that at, at that at that this level we should have more than one player who we are extremely confident is going to put the ball in the back of the net when we get a penalty. Well, Sato could help us out. Gundogan, I've seen take I think at least one, if not two, with with great aplomb and efficiency. Do you remember how many he's taken and how many he's scored? I don't know. Sorry, I don't know exactly how many scored. He did miss one. Yeah, I don't know one. He missed one against was it Tottenham last season. Oh, did he? Um, okay. Yeah, he's all lost. They've all missed, and that's the problem. Yeah. Yeah, but I would. I think I still feel that although Gundogan has missed one, when I've seen, if you look at all of them when they take the penalties, to me, he's the one yeah. who gives me the most confidence. So me as well. Even though he has missed. I would, if he's on the pitch, I think he should be the penalty taker. I agree. I agree. I agree. All right, let, let's let's uh, move on. Uh, Stato, help us out here, will you please? Did Gabriel Jesus mean that <laughs> for the goal? I'm not sure yep. he did. But oh, come on! One, 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 yes, he did. Come on! It's all right. Well, let's get our both ways. Either way. Let's say he did mean it. It's a brilliant goal. It's a, a nine out, nine point five out of ten goal. Let's now say he didn't mean to do it, but his reaction was so fast in finding where the ball had gone to. It's still a nine out of ten. So either way, it's a it's a very good stroke, brilliant goal. And does that satisfy what you're looking for? Because that's my view. No. No, John, he meant it, didn't he? It was brilliant. It was ten out of ten. It was fantastic. Do, do you know what? I couldn't care less whether he meant it or not. It was just. A... <laughs> It was just a marvellous thing to watch and behold. I mean, and that's, that's one of those that, you know, at the end of the month, will be saying goal of the month. It's bound to be. It was a superb piece of football. You know, even the most 
prejudiced commentator against City would, would, would have to acknowledge that. No, uh, give the lad credit where credit's due. Whether he meant it or not, he seized the opportunity, and that's the main mm. thing. And it was a fantastic yeah. thing to watch. Lisa, he meant it, didn't he? Yeah, of course he did. <laughs> yeah. He said, anyway, he said he did, so I believe him. Good for you. So do I. I thought he was absolutely... I, I agree with all of what you said, apart from uh, you, you two, the two gentlemen guests we have. Uh, but uh, he absolutely meant it, I think, 100%, and it was brilliant. And good for him. I'm pleased for the lad. Um, but somebody mentioned earlier on, should we have three or five substitutes in the Premier I think it might be you, Lisa, wasn't it, who, who mentioned yeah, that? Yeah, I did. I think, actually, um, Klopp also was, was talking about it, and I didn't... I didn't Stay to listen to all the all the rubbish off the game. I, I had other more important things to do, but but it's been in the press today as well. Do, do you have a view? Is it important? Is I mean, John, you may even remember times where almost they didn't have substitutes. I suspect uh, I do remember them very well. I remember the cup finals when we when uh, we had well, uh, Jimmy Meadows injured and we couldn't replace him. Yeah, exactly my point. So you go back to literally no substitutes. So so five is ridiculous, isn't it? Isn't it getting silly? Is that is that right to just just instead to just get. Um, what is you, Lisa? Do you want to kick off on this? You know, one, we've gone from no substitutes to one to suddenly talking about five. That's too many, isn't it? Um, Are you right? Do you want me to answer that or John? Yes, yes, Lisa. Lisa. Um, I, I think these are particularly odd circumstances. And I, I think for this particular season, whilst everything is so, all the fixtures are so compressed, we didn't have a proper break I think and and most other leagues are doing it and we can do it in the Champions League for the sake of the players I don't think it is ridiculous I wouldn't want it to be a permanent change Okay, so you say it's a temporary thing John so do you think a a temporary pragmatic change because of these special times is right? Absolutely, I find myself once again in accord with Lisa Uh, I I think that uh, because of the circumstances we're in and the you know the the it, it, I mean I agree with Ollie and Pep and and uh, and Klopp when they say this, the scheduling of these games is, has been ridiculous, frankly. Uh, and we're asking at best we're asking players to play once every our players are to play once every every three days. And you know someone well there's there's, there's one one serious injury muscle injury virtually every single week. And you know the smaller clubs some of the smaller clubs I gather are saying oh it's not fair that it'll give a greater advantage to the bigger clubs who've got the bigger squad etc cetera, etc. Cetera. But surely I don't quite follow the logic of that. Surely this is an advantage to Every club, if you have potential for five substitutes. But the slightly puzzling thing is, as Lisa mentioned a little bit earlier on, City have never used three <laughs> substitutes, never mind five, all season. So these clarion calls for uh, let's have five uh, ring a little bit hollow uh, in a way. But for me, personally, I'd do it, particularly this year. Yeah. All right. Uh, Stato, Paul, your thoughts? Yeah, no, I think for this season we, we should have five substitutes. And... Um, I do get understand a little bit about the smaller clubs. If you look at the depth of their squads, that's the issue, isn't it? Yeah, they've got 22, 23 players in their squads. But if you look at who's on their bench, if they've got four or five injuries compared to a City or a Liverpool or Chelsea, who they've got on the bench, that's, where, that's why they're voting against it or have voted against it in the past. I think they might change their minds because I believe muscle injuries up 44% um, on last season. And it's obviously to do with the fact they're playing too much. It's, take a, a brain surgeon or rocket scientist to work it out, does it? Sure. All right, well, listen, we're, we're going to move on to uh, Europe. Uh, before we do that, Paul, do you want, just want to 
reflect a little bit on the FA Youth Cup. Um, and I think I'm right in saying that I think we won two FA Cups in two days as a club. Obviously, the women uh, won back their FA Cup uh, title, and then the youth uh, won theirs two days later. So a great couple of days for the club. It was. It was uh, superb. I mean, we, I know you covered the uh, women winning the FA Cup in, in last week's podcast. So I won't touch on that now. But I watched the semi-final and the final of the, of the Youth Cup. And we've got some really promising players in there now. How many of them make it to the top level? We'll wait and see. Some of them have already played at the top level. It was the game against Chelsea was one of the best games of football at that level I've ever seen. Both sets of teams had really skillful players. Cole Palmer was absolutely brilliant. His touch remind me of Bernardo Silva. He just kills the ball dead. Uh, we've got another winger uh, who's playing on the left wing called Rogers, who was also looking very, uh, just a very good touch player. And then we have the, the both that we already know about, Delap, Howard Bellis and Doyle as well. And another little central midfield player who was the sort of dynamo, particularly in the semi-final, a guy called Hodge uh, scored a goal in the semi-final. Again, they play the ball and they play it like them. You can see they're coached in the same way as the first team are coached, passing it from the back, working it through, creating the, the angles. And that. it was a great game of football. And credit to Chelsea, they made it a good game of football because uh, they, they obviously didn't sit back. And uh, it was just great to watch. And uh, I think City just edged it and deserved the win. It was, And it was lovely to see the, the joy at the end of the game when the final whistle went and they won 3-2. It was after so many disappointments in that final. I think we've lost four of the last five until this one yeah. we eventually won. So fantastic. Really enjoyed it. Brilliant. Um, John, any thoughts on, on, on the youngsters? Particularly, I think Stato has done a good job in, in summarising that very nicely for us. He so did, brilliant. And I, I, I'm afraid I, I, I didn't actually see, I see that. But the guy Palmer, he talked about, I was very impressed when he had his run out in, in, the, in the first team. And yeah, um, it, it's, it all goes well. Uh, like everyone, I just hope that uh, enough of them are able to make it through into the first team squad and get a run out uh, full time in the first team. Sure. Do you want to, I know it seems a long time ago. Should we just reflect very quickly back on the Olympiacos game as well? So, what is it? Three, three Champions League games now, and, and three victories. A three-nil win. Uh, Jesus back on the score sheet, uh, back back playing and, and scoring and so on. Um, how did you see the game, John? Uh, I saw it as, a, as a, a very solid performance on our part. I was I, I was getting a tad anxious with 20 minutes to go, but I, you know what, what's I think different about the, uh, our team this year is that we just dig in and we, we and we just oh, dig out as it were the, the, the these results uh, because we're solid defensively, and in the end our superiority, superiority shows. And uh, Jesus, who I've been, long been a fan of, and I, I know you'll back me up on that. I have supported him on this program uh, many many times. You know, again. Uh, just came good and uh, another brilliant goal from the lad. I, I think he's 42 goals now. He scored for City, and there are people saying, "Oh, he's no, he's no Aguero." Well, he may not be any Aguero, but he's a damn good player to have, have uh, around. And uh, I hope he stays for a long time. Uh, Lisa, can I just pick out somebody um, who has scored three goals now in, in three appearances for City? And, we, and it's strange we've, we've not talked about him yet uh, on this week's show. Uh, and particularly with no Jesus and no Aguero, he's adapted superbly. Someone who I thought we bought as a winger, uh, as a replacement for Sane, has, has been playing kind of as a false number nine, as they call him. And he scored three three goals in three Champions League games. So Ferran Torres has been a bit of a purchase, hasn't he? You must be pleased with the way he's, he's, uh, he's performing at the moment. Very pleased. And especially with, the, I mean, he 
took the goal in midweek with great confidence. We've seen other more established players playing and trying to play in that position and seem to fluff their lines frequently. And he, I've been very impressed with him and seemed to have settled in pretty well and, and done, done a job he probably wasn't expecting to be doing and, and um, just got on with it. Um, so he, looks, he looks like a really, really good player. I'm very excited to see him play more. And, and Stato, in terms of the Champions League, 100% start to Group C. Uh, I think we, what we only need another a point, is it, from our next game to sort of guarantee uh, progression, etc. Feeling confident, happy with the start we've made? Three games, three wins, Dr. to be surely. Yeah, of course. Three wins, uh, three three goals in each of the games as well. A little bit, not not as fast-flowing as you'd like to see, but I, I'm not being negative on it. We, we, we're, we're as good as through. Can't count our chicken jet. As you said, we do need a draw away to Olympiacos, and we're guaranteed to be through. Really, we do want to get top spot to avoid the possibility of meeting something like Bayern in the in, in the next round. So we've got to really aim for top spot, which we should be able to do. When we got drawn in this group, we said it was a, a relatively straightforward group, and it's proving that way so far. Sure. So, obviously, we've got uh, international break coming up. Um, and I just want to go back to the Premier League, and, and some people are suggesting at this very early stage of the season uh, that maybe our title challenge is over, um, which of course is ridiculous. I, I, I just want your thoughts on that because, well, of course, and, and let's just just briefly so before before we all depart to, to the international break, uh, just your thoughts on that. I think if we win our game in hand, we're what two points behind the leaders, something like that, or yeah. three points behind the leaders. It, it's you know, it's it's not finished yet, but what? what so maybe the question is, why would people at, at this such early stage, Lisa, why would they be saying our title challenge is over so early on? I think it's probably mainly because we don't look as good as we have done in, not last season, but in seasons before. But and in any other season, I might agree with them, but this season is odd. And I think considering the way everything has been, we're actually not doing that badly. Like you said, we're only, if we win our game in hand, we're only two points behind the leaders. Um, and I, I do think we are getting better. Things are improving. Hopefully the players will find some way of recovering between matches. Um, but I, I do, I think it's probably because it's probably a combination of we don't look ourselves. We don't look our usual electric, amazing Manchester City. Plus, I, I suppose there are other teams who are looking like they may be in the mix, but I don't know. There's a lot of inconsistency. Everyone's inconsistent. So for once, I am not throwing in the towel yet. Good. Paul, towel ready to be thrown in, towel in hand or towel no, in the, the towel is stored, well stored away at the moment. We are, as I said, three points off the lead with a game in hand, two points behind the likely team that we need to keep tabs on Liverpool with a game in hand. Yeah, that game's still against Villa, so we've got, we'd have to win it whenever we play it. I think the telling time will come we've got Tottenham as our next game away from home, and that will be a tough game. They're, they're playing well, so I don't want to necessarily cover that game right now, but we can't afford to lose that game because that, that will then put them nine points ahead of us um, with only a game in hand. So, again, I'm not saying whether we take a draw or not, but leave that for people looking at next week's podcast to discuss. But that's a game we definitely can't lose. 
All right, and finally, John, this whole title challenge is over conversation. Where, where do you sit on this? Absolute nonsense. Absolute nonsense. I mean, you know, come, come on. Uh, well, how many seasons ago was it? We were eight points behind with only a few games left to play, and we still won the title. I mean, yeah, eight eons to go, yeah. I mean, so much could happen, not just to City, but to all, uh, all our competitors as well. I think it's going to be a very exciting season. I, I actually like the idea. I hope, hope it continues that there are, you know, there's more than two contenders for the title. It makes it even more exciting. Uh, I'm still confident that we'll do well. Not definitely certain we're going to win the title, but I'll tell you what, I think we might win the Champions League. How about that for a finale? I think we're going to leave it there, John, on that point. Absolutely awesome. Uh, really great pleasure to have my three guests. Thank you so much to Lisa Rodinovitz, to John Stapleton, and to Paul Denby. This is Nigel Rothman saying thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you all very soon. Wasn't that a great podcast? Now, if you've got 90 seconds spare in your day, come and listen to ours. It's called What Has He Said Now? and is available wherever you've got this podcast. You're going to lose a number of people to the flu. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit Playback Media. Sports Social Podcast Network. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.